Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about the best RPGs for new role players. Right. Which is a very title that is probably incorrect, but okay, go. Go. So I think what, what you have to keep in mind is who are these new people playing the game? Okay, that's what I meant by the title might be deceiving because we're really not talking about any specific RPG, but but about the players that want the new players that want to play. What is it that they want to play? Right, and I think a lot of new players will probably want to play something like Dungeons and Dragons, something they've heard heard of, or another game that they've always have heard of or heard from a different person or mm -hmm. a friend of theirs. Mm -hmm. I was read, reading on Reddit, somebody was saying. My friend was telling me about Shadowrun. He goes, which is the best edition to start playing in? <laughs> right? Which started this cavalcade of... Oh, my God. Sponsors. That shouldn't be your first game. <laughs> no. No, actually, they were very encouraging, saying, oh, that's it's great that you want to play Shadowrun. There is six editions of it, right? And everybody who posted that suggested... Liked a, a different edition? Yeah. I suggested a reason why. There was There were some people who who did like a comparison of the different editions. They said most people would avoid one and two. There was a, there was a smattering of people who liked third edition. Some people liked the fourth edition. Some people liked the fourth edition, 20th anniversary edition, which is different from the regular fourth edition. Uh, some people said fifth edition was really well done, was really well. And some people said the sixth edition, they all agreed that they were poorly written rules. And this is when the new player turns around and goes, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some people even, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. But And some people even suggested other games of the cyberpunk genre, which mixes in fantasy. Because Shadowrun is not only cyberpunk, but it's also fantasy included, which is a sub, I would say it's a genre all its own, right? So I'm not going to say I would discourage anyone who wanted to, who came to me and said they wanted to play Shadowrun because it's a great setting, and I would do I would I would tell them, and I would offer to run a game for them or at least find someone who knew the rules better than I did who, who could actually help them. But if if that's the game they want to play their first time, I would suggest that you make the characters a bunch of different characters and have them choose them because. Shadowrun is a very hard game to make characters in. I think you are correct. It's a little lengthy process. so Because if you're new, the last thing you want to be stuck doing, since you do not know the system, the game, or what even you're going to be doing, is to be sitting down and someone says, okay, I'm going to put Chummer on for you, and let's go for it. And this is going to take us about an hour and a half, and you have a lot of choices to make, and you have no idea what you're what they're talking about. And I'm just telling you that that is going to turn them off. So if you have the characters made for them, and you, when they come in and for their zero session, and I'm putting quotes here because it's a brand new game, so everything is going to be a zero session for them, right? Yeah. I think zero session implies a little bit more than just this is just your first session. Yes, I know, but, Character but making, they don't know that. Rules, establishing, and all that crap. Yeah. So you, so I would suggest that if that's the game they want to play, you have everything ready to go and make it a short adventure 
and let them see the mechanics of of it while they're having fun. Right. I think when uh, I also remember, well, this is way back. This is before the pandemic. I was listening to a podcaster. Uh, I forget his name, but he has a strange name. Welcome uh, to my life. <laughs> uh, uh, Lex Skywalker, I believe it was his name. I forget what his... Uh, he used to talk about Numenera, and then he switched to other everything. So he was saying that he wanted to get his... His girlfriend was interested in playing a role-playing game. So he decided to run a Pathfinder uh, uh, game. And so she, he... He helped her make a Pathfinder character, and by the time she was finished making a character, she did not want to play. She's like, this is crazy. I don't want to do this. And so, boom. And he he said, I made a mistake. I chose Pathfinder because he was into Pathfinder at the time. That's how old this happened, long ago this happened. First edition, not second edition. So this is a while ago. A lot of people are still into Pathfinder. Yeah, but but he was playing Pathfinder too at the time, and he he regrets it, right? He says that was the wrong game to for a brand new player to start off with. Blah blah blah. So I've been there too. I've been to when people ask me, "Oh, I want to play a role playing game, or I want to play D and D, whatever." Okay, a lot of times you just got to ask, "Okay, why do you want to play this game? Is it is it only because you heard of it? Is it because you're really interested in the setting?" All these things you should ask as a and I mean, as a D&D, as a game master or a future game master of a new group or new players. And then that'll guide you to what game you should run, right? And and I would always run an easier game than a complex game, right? Uh, rules mechanics-wise. So really popular to me and a lot of people are the... is a, a new year zero engine, which is just your attribute plus your skill, and that's how many d6s you roll. The good thing about such a system, and then there's other systems that are just as simple the 2d6 system, uh, traveler and liminal. Just don't make them start with making a traveler character. I'm just saying, because <laughs> they ain't ever going to come back. Some people actually love the whole <clears throat> process. Yes, but when you're a new player, you want, and, and this is what I told Sal, I go, because he was thinking when we started talking about this or ta- talking about doing this episode, he was thinking about, oh, well, we should just put out some games like Tales from the Loop, maybe D&D. D&D is a little harder, so do something simple. I'm like, it's really going to depend on what the players or the new people want to play, right? If they really want to play Traveler, then make those characters for them so they don't have to go through the experience of their character dying the first time. After you play the first session, and if they want to make their own characters, go for it. They're going to be excited about it, and then experience the how to do it, right? Right. But when you don't want to go, okay, this is what... Making characters is a lot of times hard for new players, unless it's really simple, like Tales from the Loop. And even then, I've suggested to Saul that you probably want to make the characters for them, so... When he runs it at a convention, he lets the people make their characters because it's only a half-hour process, right? Probably doesn't. Uh, I think that the longest it took was like twenty minutes in this last time. The last time I ran it, and that's because uh, these young people who were in their late teens and early twenties had never played anything else other than Pathfinder, organized play. The shock that it was so simple that took them a long time, and then because they thought, "Oh, the, the, everything is so critical," I go, "Don't worry about it. It's not critical." It's not that big of a deal. They were stunned at the simplicity of what they were doing. Because right. they were thinking, oh, we're going to make a character. And they're thinking, Because they're Pathfinder. Oh, my God, it's going to take us an hour. I go, no, it's going to take you 10, 15 minutes. And it, the longest it took was one 
20 minutes. Because sometimes it's hard to make those decisions when you're, yes. and being new, unless you're like, you know, the, the kind of guy that's, or girl or person that wants to just go, I'm just going to do, I'll try this. Yeah. Let's Lazy fairies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I think when we look at games that through that lens is what, what do the players want or what kind of experience they want too. Right. So when you said traveler, I would not ever play the original traveler books, right? The three little black books or any of the traveler official traveler games. I would probably choose Mongoose Traveler or there's a one called Cepheus, which is a, a redone of the 2D6 system. But see, not everybody knows this. Right, but as a GM, right. as knowledgeable and and you know that somebody wants to play a game. Also, when I was talking about Shadowrun, the guy was talking about Shadowrun that he wanted to play. Other people suggested other games, like there's uh, something by Savage Worlds, there's all kinds of, there's right. a few cyberpunk games. And people were like, <laughs> somebody suggested Rifts, right? And everybody goes, no, right? See, so when GMs are talking about what's a good game for new players, they have a totally different view, right? They're thinking about the rule set, how easy it will be for them to pick up the, the game and that kind of stuff. And when you're a new player going, I want to play D&D because I saw it online or I watched it on YouTube. Right. Then you're like, you have these expectations. So Saul is correct. You have to go, what is it you think is going to happen during this game, right? Right. What, what are you expecting? Because... Every game can be exciting if they tell you what they want. You create characters and then you let them choose them and you make it a short session, like no more than three hours for the first say, game. Yeah. And so you make it a short adventure and say they want to do, and I always think Feng Shui is a good introduction game, right? Because it's really exciting because you can do all kinds of stuff, but that might be too much for new players that don't, how would I say it? They don't know how to how to do the the crazy role playing, the right? Yeah, the fantastical stuff. But you tell them this is like a kung fu movie, right? Right. Hong Kong action movie. Yes. And then maybe they, that starts their juices flowing or whatever, or they've seen Critical Role and that's what they want to do. Right. I think, and then that's what you really have to look at is to see uh, what they're interested in and what their level of. Uh, how would you say what level of understanding about how much complexity you could they can handle yeah and now it has nothing to do with age though it does have a little bit to do with age like when my sons and me started playing role-playing game i didn't play D D. I made up my own system it was literally three three attributes and the attributes were were one through six and basically uh you rolled it was like a like a skill plus stat system. And it was six eye dice. So all he had to do was count the pips. So he could do that at age four and five. And he did, he liked rolling the dice, right? That was part of it. And I think another thing is because there's six eye dice, it's not confusing to people like Feng Shui, like Tales from the Loop and those games, 2D6 system like Traveler. It, when you, when people, I've I've seen it before when people look at the polyhedral dice. They're like, "What the hell are those things?" Right? Like it it that's it, another hurdle in their own mind to jump over. It goes, "Why are they these weird dice?" Unless they already know about the weird dice, then that's what they want. They want right. that weird dice experience. Like I want to know what those what those weird dice are about. Why do we use weird dice? And, and I so, remember playing with someone who 
kept confusing the eight sided and ten sided. <laughs> eight and twelve, I think it was. Eight and twelve. No, eight and twelve and ten, maybe. Yeah, and and I remember sitting there going, "No, that's that's the wrong die. You need to. <laughs> that's a great roll, but you need to roll the other die. You gotta write the roll the right die." So you're right. I think it all depends on the expectations of the players. Now, there's some games that I would definitely try to run for a new player. If they have, they go, oh, I want to play a role playing game. Okay, and I get, I get them. In, uh, I'll ask them questions about what are you interested in. His question would be, Do you like the '80s? <laughs> Do you like the '80s? <laughs> yes, uh, Tales from the Loop, and it depends on age too, right? Like somebody was saying, uh, I've read on a Reddit. And it was very interesting that the answers they were talking about this father wanted to introduce uh, they wanted the kids wanted to play a role playing game, and I don't know if he had any or much experience role playing. I don't think he did, and he wanted to play a game f- for his kids between the age of six and fifteen. Mm-hmm. And first of all, people going that's a really wide age range, right? Not wide in the sense that there's a lot of years in between, but. In the genres they like, no. the ideas they like. Well, the idea of a six-year-old and between like the 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 mental powers or ability to calculate and stuff and understanding between the six and a fifteen-year-old is a lot. Right. Like a fifteen-year-old to a twenty-five-year-old, eh? Yeah, they could pretty much. But a six to a fifteen-year-old. Yes. I'm t- you're talking between what the fairies are doing and <laughs> yes. the fifteen-year-olds going. I want to play a horror game. Or or <laughs> I want to go slash and exactly kill things. Right. <laughs> they might not want to. You might not want to have those kids playing together unless they're willing to. The fifteen-year-olds are willing right. to help. There was a lot of people saying that, and that's good because I think that that's one of the things that I would ask the the father, saying, "Do you really think that you, they're going to have a?" That the game that you're running for all of them is going to be able to entertain both of those people, those different, such a wide range of interests that those two might have. I did that when I ran a kids game. I had the boys were, they were teenagers. 10, 10, 12? No, they were a little bit old. They must have been, they must have been like 12 to, to and Ian was 15. And I remember that Ian and, and Blaine helped me with the little kids because I had a whole lot of them. Oh, that was in... It was at, it was at Celesticon. Yes. And, but they did, they, they literally helped me because these little kids had no um, concept of the dice and stuff. Yeah. So the boys were sitting around the table helping these, these little boys and girls play. And little, you're talking little. Yeah, they oh. were between... I think some of them were like six. Yeah, five and six. And I gave one of them my ki- one of my characters, one of my favorite characters, because she really, really wanted to play a sorceress. So I gave it to her. And then they, and then and the you're boys. Pathfinder. I was running Pathfinder, yeah. and the boys. So the boys were helping these these kids, and it was a, a cool interaction between older kids helping younger kids. Right. This is the dice you roll. This is what you want to do. Say that I want to do this, right? And and they were so it was a, it was a. The boys were having fun because they got to play but with these kids. But right? they also they also asked you like they want to do this, but but they they can't do that. I forget who it was, and you're like, just let them do it. <laughs> I did say that. Yes, and so when you have that wide range of, but see, you had players who had played before, right? Who were older, yes. And in this case, none of them have played before. So, and then somebody suggested Tales from the Loop, and I had and I, and I thought of you because you're like, why would little kids want to play Tales from the Loop? Since they don't know anything about the '80s, right? And 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 I think you're right. And I've heard other people say it. They're like, well, I'm not sure young players, children between the ages of 
10 and 15, 16 want to play characters who are 10 and 15. Exactly. They want to play fantastical characters, older characters that are self-sufficient. And why do they want to play kids that can't do stuff and or who and are not limited? Not only that, unless you are of Generation X and you yes. were in high school during the 80s right. or, or junior high and then high school, it's not like it's going to mean a lot to you. Maybe if you're from, you grew up in the 90s, it might mean something to you, but it's not the same, right? It's not, little kids are like going, like my son would go, who cares? <laughs> you got to pick your own 80s song. Okay. They'll roll their eyes at you and stuff. Why? Okay. Right. We're not going to play Tales for Loof Thanks. But there's other games that use that same engine or yes. that same uh, mechanic. Yeah. Uh, Feng Shui uses six side dice. Like I said, it all depends on how much experience they have. If they've heard of polyhedral dice, if never seen it, maybe you want to stick with six side dice side type games. I'll tell you something though: kids love twenty sided dice. Really? Yeah, they're pretty cool. I loved them when I was a kid. I I like twenty sided <laughs> dice still. I, I I don't know what it is about the twenty sided dice, but it's you know it's like almost a circle. Yeah, and it, it just it, it rolls, rolls really well. Yeah. You don't have to roll it hard or anything. And maybe that's the problem too. Is like uh, many dice when I was younger went off the table. Yeah. So we had to roll. He goes, oh, it does it doesn't count if it rolls off the table, right? Okay. So I agree that with Jolene that it does matter who is asking to play or wants to play or who you think. You want to ask to play who's a new player. Ask them what they want to play. So if they want to play D&D, &D, mm -hmm. right? And that's probably 90% of the chance that that's what they want to play. Because that's the one they heard about. That's the one they heard. There's a movie about it. Has it been, <laughs> well, there's been other movies about There's been a show about Tales from the Loop, but it's very loosely based on the, on the, on, on the game. Eh. And probably people didn't realize that there was a role-playing game based on that. Alien that kind of stuff, Blade Runner, based on big movies. But they probably didn't even realize that there is a role-playing game based on that. So D&D, &D, everybody knows it's a game. Everybody pretty much knows that it's a role-playing game. So I think Jolene said everything right. She, You make the characters ahead of time. You don't make them make their own characters. And then you run that session zero. You know, you get everybody together. This is the rules of the game. This is what we I want to allow or not allow at the game table, whether those special rules as to whether you want the... You want it to be a condensed version because yes. you don't want to do a session zero and make them come back to play. You want right. to do it like like 20 minutes of yeah. this is this is kind of how you play the game and this is what Correct. you know we don't accept or right. i would like it to be a very friendly right you know no you know and and it depends on the age of the character of the players and the group of the players you you are you are running and you know and then you run the game right and uh, and the game should be something that's very simple in a certain sense of 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 what they need to do like the quest or the adventure should be pretty straightforward. There's not going to be a lot of red herrings. Don't do red herrings or or misleads on in the first session. You can add complexity later on. I think the the simpler you keep the game, uh, add action to the game. It, you know, it's a lot of you know you want action again the because they want to do stuff, 
and don't forget that each each character has certain abilities and they and and they call it you know people call it different things you got the spotlight you know you want to make every, every character have a a shining moment whatever you want to call it and they have to be able to do that because that makes them feel special especially if they've never played a game before because if they if you play play a role playing game and all you do is sit there and go oh well I can't do anything in this situation oh, I can't do anything in this situation. that's not going to be a fun experience and then you might never have that person come back because uh, it was kind of boring <clears throat> and as a gm and i know uh, a lot of gms are into and i totally agree this is what i do this is what i did with my my current shadow run game i just give them this is the situation and just let them go and then <laughs> They come up with what they want to do, and they do it. But if you're playing with new players, I'm going to tell you that you should let them come up with ideas, but you should also, if they're having a hard time, like, say, it's the sorceress or sorcerer, and they want to know, they want to throw a spell, but they don't know what spell to throw, you could suggest to them. Oh, yeah. yeah and you to help them out. If it's a, and if, if it's a like a puzzle or something, and they've never seen it, I, don't, I wouldn't suggest putting a puzzle in. Never put a but, puzzle in. You know, if it's a labyrinth or something, give them a give them a clue that there's a map on the wall or something that look, if you look at the map, maybe you can figure out what to do or how to do it or right. that kind of thing. Right. Well, you don't want to you don't want to stifle them, and, but you don't want to you don't want to railroad them. But since they're new players, you want to give them suggestions. Right. Right. To make sure that everybody gets to do something and have fun. First of all, never put a puzzle in the role play game. <laughs> That's rule number one, right? Saul, rule number one. Rule that, that's that's better than the golden rules. Rule nine, first rule, whatever you want to call People it. People love that stuff, Saul. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I gotta say is, we have personal experience with puzzles, <laughs> and it never goes. I, I've yet to see it go well. How's that? I've yet to see it go well in real life, in a real session. So. If somebody comes up to you and you're like, "Oh, I want to play a role playing game. I don't know what kind of game I want to play," then then I, then you play to your strengths. Like, what are your favorite RPGs that you know really well that you don't even have to look at the book for rules, right? Those are probably the best games for you to run and and be able to help new players play that game because, like, let I don't know, you use the, the reference to D and D player and a sorcerer. What what, what can I do? Well. There's different things you can do, right? And I remember this in, in uh, when I was running, uh, it was running Tales from the Loop, which is not a difficult game, but I had a player who was really shy. And so every time I got to her, I go, okay, what do you want to do? And she goes, I don't know. I'm like, okay. I go, this is what you can do, right? And so I would give her two to three options at every time I asked her. And every time she didn't know what she wanted to do. So other play players around her would help her like well if you want to you know it depends on what do you want to do after what do you want the effects of the spell to do because she was a spellcaster of sorts what 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 do you think your character is going to want to do so they were very helpful and she was just super shy or i'm not even sure <laughs> i'm not even sure was she's like a somebody's friend that was playing i have no idea she was a girlfriend of somebody on on but like the person that was the boyfriend or the friend wasn't at the table oh so he he or she or whoever was at an, another game and he signed her up for this one and <laughs> because it was at kublacon it's the shuffler right 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 so i i remember somebody bringing her and going, oh you go choose a new player blah blah i go don't worry it's, it's a real easy system and then everybody else goes yeah we'll, we'll you know and so she, 
So that was the problem, right? That she was without her friend. Well, it was probably the first time that she had played, right? I or... think so. So I was just shocked and shocked that that could happen. That I would I would have said, you know what? I'm going to not go to my game. I'm just going to sit here even if I don't play. Yeah. Chances are I would have given the character sheet and say, yeah, yeah sure, let's just do this. But I did. But she didn't or she didn't. And then she was by herself. And it was like. It was like pulling teeth trying to get her to role play. And she really did. But at least everybody helped her. Yeah. And she did do do stuff, but it was, you know, like. Well, so I could see that being the first time you're playing. You're like. <laughs> and there was, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, big personalities in, in around that table. Yeah. Right. I had Jonah and I had uh, Greg. I think Greg was in it. Maybe not. But. Uh, and there was other couple of people who were like. Big personalities. They, yeah. were, they were very bold and yeah. and 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 action oriented. <laughs> and so here's this meek person in the corner, going, not in the corner, but at the edge of the table, going, "Oh, what am I gonna do?" So I think when you when you come up with a game, a, a, a lot of it depends on the player, and a lot of it depends on how old they are, and a lot of it depends on how how they think, right? Like like now my my son, uh, my friend's sons too. They're very, I don't know what you'd call it, Me- mechanically inclined. They, they, they're they taking math, taking physics and all this crap. You know, they're literally, you know, talk numbers and cr- weird stuff. So my friend came over this last weekend. We played in Shadowrun and Jolene was running. And and it was like we were like, I don't know if it was after the game or like an interlude in the game. The bo- it was in the middle of the game. In the middle of the game, the, the, the boys were talking about numbers, right? About, you know, this number, if I can just do this, give me a chance to do this. And they're talking about the mechanics of the game and how minimax their character as much as possible and stuff like that. And my friend Cipriano, who was next to me, he's all, they really like all this number stuff, don't they? He goes, oh, yeah. I go, yeah. He goes, he it was incredulous for him to him that they were just like like going off about the mechanics of the system and 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 he was like my god this is a really difficult system to play there's a lot of moving parts to this shadow one fifth edition and he's like and I, he was just playing a character who was a gunman yeah and so his was pretty easy compared to other stuff uh other players like a sorcerer or well they, well see the the problem was that I had put some things that could actually hurt them. And Alan was down to like one health. And Augustine was almost stunned. So he was going to pass out, right? So so they were like so excited because they rarely get to that position. So they were coming up with what they could do and what's going to happen if this happens. And and that's a lot of Shadowrun is, is figuring out what you're going to do, right? how you're going to and it's all up to the GM how long they give you to do that and these guys they just go off in their heads about yeah. the stuff and they're having so much fun me and Kathy I'm I was running the game and I was sitting next to Kathy and she just looked at me and smiled she's like look look at how much fun they're having and that's that's like a, a really cool thing for parents right they're like geeking out yeah right? that's what it's called you know nerdy now what do you call it and then and then my like my friend I was he's like he was like shaking his head going Man, these guys really love this stuff. And I, and I go, yeah. "What are you gonna do?" And then, and then they went, and and they're like, "And Augustine's all, she's gonna kill me." <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he was very unhappy about he that. He put himself in that position. <laughs> so, the, I mean, that that is fun, right? They were having a lot of fun. 
that's what that is what the whole role playing thing is to do, right? To have fun. Right. And I think that's what you have to remember is even though they're learning a system or learning a game, you have to entertain them. It has to be entertaining. You don't have to entertain them. It has to be entertaining whatever the whatever the situation is. And I think sometimes certain GMs might forget that. They're like, oh, they gotta learn the rules, they gotta learn the rules right. And that way they can know how to play better and be able to do the right play the right way. Uh no. They're there to have fun. Remember, it's a game. Games are supposed to be fun. And and I would think I'd make it very simple in the sense that it's they're not gonna use the most complicated rules. It might be like one fight scene and the rest is like doing skill checks and trying to figure stuff out, and, uh, whether to like a heist or uh, or something like that. But but make it fun. I think that's the most important part of any session that involves new players. And it doesn't matter the game system. I don't think it does matter too much. You could run uh, Shadowrun. If you know the rules pretty well, then you just tell them, oh, yeah, roll this bucket of dice. And tell me how many fives and sixes you get. Okay, you got five of them. Okay, I'm going to roll my bucket of dice. And if my bucket of dice gets more fives and sixes than yours, you miss. Oh, okay. I got That's easy. And let me tell you, they're going to get hooked on that because <laughs> the boys just love that. They love having well, all those dice to roll. I think some people like buckets of dice, right? Yeah. They, you know, and it, some people don't. And some people don't. They, they, like, they like the more free forms. You know, I want to be able to just more or less know what I'm going to do and have a better idea of my chances right because when you're rolling 15 16 dice 17 18 20 dice and trying to figure out how many fives and sixes you're gonna get i know there's a statistical uh equation that'll tell you your percentage chance of of, of if you sit at our table they'll tell you what it is of being successful <laughs> but for the most part i don't care right i don't well, want to care and it's just different right roll and that that's what sauce Saul's talking about the dice, right? If you're playing D and D and you're just rolling a twenty sided dice, and the D, the GM says roll the roll the dice, and you hit it like a, a fourteen, and he goes, okay, what is this? Then it's the same it's the same effect as rolling twenty six sided dice and counting up the ones to see how many successes you have. Except yeah. there's an opposing roll, right? right? And in D and D, usually the the GM doesn't do an opposing roll for a, a, a you check. You just got to get over a number. You just got to get to a certain number. So if you tell them what that number is and what they're gonna, you're gonna roll this dice and you're gonna add this number to it. And if you hit this number, you're successful. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with the style, right? You you want the players to come out of their shell and experience a role play game differently than anything else they, they they experience. So a lot of times as a GM you want them to describe what you're doing. Right. Cuz that that brings them out of their shell if they're if they're even like shy. Most people are a little bit weird about speaking in character and talking like you're a different person. So when when you ask how are you doing it? Right. Not just swing the sword, but what are you what is the purpose of what are you swinging at? You can start trying to swing. And so when they when they describe something to you i think they're more likely to get into the character more and more and more and that's where really the fun of role playing is is when you have that that connection to your character and you're like you kind of feel like you're your character well and one of the funnest things is like you need to cross this bridge right and <laughs> <The> bridge <laughs> and no matter everybody thinks it's easy to cross a bridge right but if you tell them okay i need to do an agility check one of them is going to roll badly possibly and then the the silliness is going to ensue because 
your character just is slipping off the bridge. You're holding on with your hands. What's happening? What are the rest of you doing? Well, when she says bridge, a lot of times he's like like a, a, a log, a, a log, <laughs> a tree fell over over a, a ravine. Uh, there's a stone that fell over a creek or a a, 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 a river. So they're not real bridges. They're just like, you know, oh, why should I roll to roll over to walk over across a bridge? Well, it's more of an impromptu bridge, right? So and then everybody. Every time, every time there's a session, every session that I've ever played in, it happens to be a very difficult thing to do. But it makes the game fun, right? Yes, because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So in the ravine, some people didn't fall off, but they they stumbled and they they Twisted sprained their, their ankle. ankle. And and I think you fell into the river. <laughs> I fell right? into the river, and people had to save me. <laughs> I tried to save you by jumping into the river, but that was a big mistake. Then I needed to be rescued. I just failed to realize how fast the river was moving. <laughs> and, and so things like that happen. And I think when you. So all you have to do really is set the scene for the people. Right. And then say, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And let them come up with ideas. Right. And then, OK, well, that's going to be uh, you're going to do your what climbing role or right. whatever. And then or just roll this dice and tell me and then see if you succeed. That right. Kind of thing. Yeah, I think, I think if you are able to figure out the the kind of game they want to play, the the kind of adventure they want to be in, the rest is should be pretty easy. The rest is just making sure that they have a fun time, make sure they're entertained. You know, fun and entertainment. I, I don't know if they're the same thing, but but uh, if if somebody's there not participating you have to kind of draw them out you know that's the situation that's going to happen with new players is that they're not going to know what to do or they feel intimidated by people who like catch on to the game really quickly and maybe they don't for whatever reason uh you know they might be shy they may not they may not be able to to convey their thoughts very well so you know don't forget that of don't forget of any of the players that are at your table especially if you have some players that are very you know strong personalities and like to talk and and can carry a conversation really well or really into uh role playing so when you have that situation i think it's good to always remember everybody at the table and don't don't forget people mainly because there's other people who are might overtake the table and and another thing is that sometimes other players will go oh i think i think john should do this and kind of say you know okay let john decide what he wants to do because he hasn't been saying much or maybe he has a different idea what his character wants to do so you know i would always correct that kind of stuff especially for new players because sometimes people just go along and go okay yeah that sounds like a good idea i'll do that i would i'll do what what rick says i'll just and then then you get this like then you get this person who's kind of dictating what everybody's going to do and that might not be very fun for other people john might have a great time i mean uh, rick but not everybody else so i think there's all kinds of things you can do as a gm who are going to introduce new players to a to a role-playing to this hobby i think there's uh what is it there's different games who are easy games there are genres that they want to uh, explore and and if they want to play a game that's a little bit more difficult than you think they could handle, you know, keep it simple and and play the game. I think, and as long as you know the rules, 
it should go rather well. I, if somebody really wanted to play Shadowrun, and I was well-versed in 5th edition. Now, I played 5th edition. I run 5th edition, but I'm not sure how well-versed I was. I could probably I could probably run a, a, a you know a group of people who fight, uh, use guns and and do melee attacks and stuff like that, and do magic. Uh, other the 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 cyber hacker whatever you want to call him the the decker, maybe not so much, but I could run that, and it would probably run really easy for new players as long as like you can say oh just grab this bucket like i said bucket of dice roll and this is how i'm gonna try to not get hit by your bullet i get to dodge but you know if i should you get to dodge too so that kind of stuff as long as you know the rules really well i think you can even even play a very difficult game like pathfinder and stuff yeah as long as you don't make them make don't make them (coughs) make their own characters So most importantly is what do they want to play right. and try to present it in the easiest way possible right. with showing them what role-playing is, rolling the dice and the decisions they get to make and making it fun and making it a shorter adventure so they're not, you know, okay, we're going to have to meet again in two weeks to finish this adventure. You, you might not want to do that with pl- new players. You just want them to, to, to rescue the damsel in distress, save the kid, um, make oh, mean, it to the... You, you want to conclude the session. Yeah, you want to conclude it. The you adventure wanna, in yeah. one session, yes. Yeah, make it real simple. I, you know, I think most, most games, when you go to conventions now, they're in a four-hour time slot. Yeah. So that is a pretty tight time slot. Now, if you run a game at, for new players and you have like uh, 45 minutes of introduction to the characters and all that stuff, you can easily finish and run a game in, in, in three hours. Yeah. And that should be perfect. And, and the idea, yes, the idea that there's closure, wow, the job well done and they're high-fiving each other. And you, I think there's, you know, you, you can easily get people hooked into role-playing if that happens. And that's all Saul wants to do is get him to hooked <laughs> get into role Hooked into role play. So there you go. Those are just some ideas for if you have new players that want to play. Yes. So this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jelaine. You have a good day.